I had a French roommate for a little while, and he was the most insufferable boob. I mean, I'm <laughs> yeah. sure that's not all French people, but he did suck. No, it, it is. No, that's it. <laughs> he certainly behaved in a way that is stereotypical. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Did he smoke a lot? No, he just had... Well... It was like... Well, no, he did smoke a lot, but he was... My problem with him wasn't that he smoked. Oh, he, was just a, he was just an insufferable ass, and he has opinions about everybody. <laughs> like, I can't even imagine what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> I already. Uh, <laughs> Touche. Morning, everybody, to Saturday Morning Tuesdays. I'm Austin. I'm Rory. And I'm Andy. You want to give that another go? Is that how you want to start this? Did you not like the way I did it? Because I felt like it no, was not pretty you. natural. Not oh. you. I mean, Gould Morning. <laughs> no, we're st- no, look, here's the deal. We got to start with it, and then we got to take it away, is what we're doing, you know? I'm I'm saying, look, look, you know, a Halloween episode, we all do the fun things. Boo. Good morning. Spooky. Dracula's Frankenstein. And you mm-hmm. know what? We're not we're doing that today. We're sick of it. Actually, we're mad we as hell. We and we're not going like to take whole... it anymore. <laughs> we're steamed about all this, all this chicanery, all this, all this good fun at the expense of as expensive of hard work and ghouls and goblins, and we're not here right. for any longer. And we're we're adults, is the thing. You know, we're adults. We don't have to dress up anymore, and we, ha- we don't have to trick-or-treat and get a big pile of shit that we may or may not like and hope that we get the full-size Snicker bars. We're adults, and we can go out and buy the candy that we want, and we can have treats. And we don't need to do this Halloween shit, okay? We can yeah, just we eat it. candy and chocolate and good times all the time we want, because we're adults, <laughs> nope. and we've surpassed our parents nobody at the fucking walgreens is gonna check your id when you go and bag a, buy a bunch of candy on halloween oh they do just... i make them check my id <laughs> <laughs> I... so, so they know you're not just a little boy <laughs> i want you to know i'm a big boy i'm a grown adult i'm doing this by my no but i'm here i'm here to take your candy now as an adult, <laughs> right. I, i'm well within my right to buy all the candy here so you you don't have to buy the corn that nobody likes you don't have right. to buy any of the shit that you don't like you just eat what you want and so in honor of that austin sounds like he's been burned by some cvs corn in the past <laughs> <laughs> you know we're we're here to honor that and how big and strong and and refined and adult, and adult like we yeah. are yeah. And so we're just going to watch our favorite shows today. We're going to watch yeah. some of our favorite cartoons that have Halloween themes. And we're going to have a great time doing it because we chose to do this. Yeah, because when you're an adult, no one gets to, no one gets to tell you how to not watch cartoons or how to watch cartoons or, or anything about it or any of it. And you can just say, screw you, mom and dad. Except for yeah. me. I mean, next week I'll be recording from my mom. You might be familiar house. with that little joke. Nobody puts baby in the corner, but that doesn't apply here because we're not babies and you can't you couldn't put us in the corner if you wanted to. Right. Our stepdad. Stepdad is out of the house. Our stepdad. Our stepdad, Chris, can't reach us here. You know, Chris, who is our stepdad collectively, <laughs> yeah. um, who decided he was our stepdad. You know, I'm tired of his controlling demeanor and telling us that we're little boys and that we have to have 
Halloween, like little baby boys. And that it's a day after my 18th birthday and I don't have to put up with right. this anymore. And then we he hands don't. me a big hunk and tells me to eat it in front of him. And I'm like, this is bad old candy. This is fucking bitter honeys. Get out of here. I want my take five bar. <laughs> is there a candy called Big Up? <laughs> there is, there <laughs> yeah, is definitely a, a nougat a nougat based candy called Big Hunk. Yeah. Oh, Big Hunk. You got to hit that what? H a little harder. Uh, <laughs> but I like the idea of a Big Hunk. It's a powerful uncle. Uh, we don't have we don't have Big Unks here either. We don't we we don't have our stepdad Chris. We don't have our Big Unk, our, our bullying <laughs> uncle. Uh, it's just us adults, and we're gonna watch the shit out of uh, two different cartoons that we like. Hell yeah. Uh, we have the the return. The return. We thought we were done with it, but we have the return of King of the Hill. Thank you, Rory. You're welcome, yeah. everybody. You're welcome, everybody. To get a little bit more, a little bit more Hank Hill and his Damn right. and his uh, extreme body phobias. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, thanks to Austin and I, we have brought one of our favorite things from our childhood, which is an, uh, uh, a sort of combined two-parter episode. Well, the episode is still only 30 minutes long. It's of one show that is two shows, basically, yeah. if you will. Uh, yeah, Steven Spielberg's Freakazoid, and I know there's a lot of people who are listening to this who have never seen even a moment of Freakazoid, and I think that's a crime. And it's uh, a great way, big, to, big it's a great way to really rub their nose in it right now. Yeah, uh-huh. to tell them, well, you know what? I get to do that, because I'm an adult and I make my own decisions. Because I'm an adult and somebody needs to train these little, pu- these little pups. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I guess, I guess we're going we're gonna to start with, we're going to start with Freakazoid, is that right? Yeah, yeah, and you know what? We don't need to do a Halloween theme for this transition, so let's dive right in. Super Tune Extraordinaire, Freakazoid, Freakazoid, runs around in underwear, Freakazoid, Freakazoid, press who's watching to be seen, Freakazoid, Freakazoid, there's something better on TV, Freakazoid, Freakazoid, his brain's overloading, it has a junction coding, textbook case for Sigmund Freud, Freakazoid, Freakazoid, check out this! Knock, knock, knock. Who's at the door? I don't care. It's probably kids in costume, and I'm not opening it. You Uh know why? The candy I have here is for me and my two friends, and we're going to eat this candy. And, and, you know, as a matter of fact, I'm going to open the curtain and look at those kids out there, and I'm going to say, this is the trick. No treats. And then I'm going to shut it. And then I'm going to keep eating candy until I puke. We get the treats. Damn right. (laughs) These are our treats, and this is Freakazoid. Uh, this is this is an episode of Freakazoid. So kind of what we've done here is uh, they did they did a weird thing. Freakazoid is made up of a bunch of segments. Uh, it's rarely a full like you know thirty minute episode of one story. And after they aired a couple things, they they actually sort of mix and matched segments and made these kind of variant episodes that they would air with like a piece of one and a piece of another. So we're kind of watching one of those. And the first part of it that we're watching is called Candlejack. And I have a blurb for you. <clears throat> in this cartoon, presented in Screamovision, Freakazoid helps counselor Steph watch some kids at sleepaway camp. However, disaster strikes when the kids say the name of the evil boogeyman Candlejack and then can't seem to stop saying it. Every time his name is spoken, Candlejack appears and takes the speaker prisoner. It's a it's a classic Freakazoid episode. It's one of the yes. first ones that aired. Uh, I feel like I saw there was some kind of meme about Candlejack happening, and I... I'm not sure exactly what it was, but I feel like the meme wasn't as funny as the actual show <laughs> uh, was. The, so, 
I, I I know what the I know what the meme was. It was it was happening in text form where somebody would like mention Candlejack and then they'd fall off mid sentence as if Candlejack had gotten them. Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> it it's kind of it's kind of amusing. Rory, have you ever watched any of Freakazoid before this? I've literally seen it, but not in any meaningful amount. All right. How did you how did you like these? <laughs> um mixed results, I guess. Uh, uh I can see what you liked out of them. Like I didn't have a bad time watching them. I I I wasn't enchanted though. I wasn't like, oh, this would have gotten my dick, my dick, uh, flying the freak flag high, uh, <laughs> had I seen it as a child. And that's probably exactly what happened. Words. I probably, as a child, uh, you know, ex- was exposed to this, to the show and, and felt that my, my freak flag was hanging at, 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 at half mast at best. I don't know. Say, I, I think, I think you're one of those, those strange kids that I was, I, I was certain had to exist, but I never really experienced in, in real life. I was where, just wrong about everything. No, <laughs> you weren't wrong about everything, but you liked hysteria, but you didn't like Freakazoid. I know. I did not like Freakazoid. I just, I just, it just doesn't quite, it doesn't quite do it for me. I was already such a little fucker, you know. <laughs> Uh, hysteria. Joyless. No, the exact opposite. But I found joy in like weird adult cartoons. You know, well, at it, a time when it, that was. I mean, everybody liked The Simpsons, but it wasn't really normal for little six-year-olds. Well, I guess watching The Simpsons. I don't want to claim that that was so so advanced of me. I don't know. I just. Yeah. It, I, I loved cartoons, but the comedies were not quite doing it for me. Fair enough. On the Saturday, on the Saturday morning lineup. So. Uh, Andy and I, obviously, Roy, that's very, diff- that's very upsetting to hear. Um, <laughs> but Andy and I, we both have loved Freakazoid like a, like a child. Um, like this little child we've grown, uh, yeah. we, you know, we've raised together is our love of Freakazoid. Um, and, you know, I mean, it's, it's, uh, inherently is supposed to be a superhero show that was done by the Spielberg and uh, sort of post Batman, the animated series around 1995 as this mm-hmm. like is going to be a, a superhero show and it's going to be an action show. And then Spielberg was like, let's just make it silly, <laughs> real, real silly. And yeah. so Tom Ruger, who w- uh, was developing Animaniacs, uh, sort of took the helm and uh, developed it along with Paul Dini from DC Comics and uh sort of made it into what it is but the real secret sauce i would say of freakazoid and of the freakazoid that we love peak freakazoid is paul mm-hmm. rugg r-u-g-g yes. not r-u-g-g and, and maniacs was also a little too gonzo for me Sure. Yeah, and the, it's like the same minds that were doing this. It's just like Animaniacs even had more constraints around it, i feel. It was more reserved than Freakazoid let itself be. Oh, like, it, in its yeah. peak moments, Freakazoid is like completely out of control uh, <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and and you're right it's paul rugg they basically our, our understanding of how this show is made is that they would write stuff a little bit and then they would get paul rugg in the room and he would do kind of whatever he wanted and then they just animate that instead and right. yeah. you can really and he's tell. the voice he's the voice of freakazoid he he's yeah most voices on the show he's kind of yeah, <laughs> yeah it's he's his ever show present. it really is his show <laughs> 
Um, uh, and and to, just to get this out of the way, in case somebody is is completely unfamiliar, uh, the, the the base idea of this superhero freakazoid is that this nerdy teen sort of typed the the this like eldritch sequence of characters into the <laughs> internet, and then like got sucked into the internet and absorbed it all, and then came out as a fucking insane person, which makes sense if you really think about it. Um, but he can transform at will from this like shitty nerd kid into this like. Uh, just bonkers superhero with like undefined powers, but he. If you allow just... me this this diversion, how does yeah. it make sense if you really think about it? <laughs> I want to unwrap <laughs> that package. Well, you gaze into the abyss, and the abyss gazes back. Uh, <laughs> the internet's a silly place. Uh, and when you be on it, you become a silly man. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to our understanding of the internet now, where if Dexter got sucked into the internet, he'd come back out like a Nazi. Or something, you know? What? Because the is internet Dexter is full of the worst. No, the internet's full of the worst people. If you absorbed everything that's on the internet right now, it, you'd be so awful. <laughs> this was 1995. It was a different time. It was the very different. Was they were of... all ve- they were all very mundane. Yeah, <laughs> they were they were not problem. The internet was not problematic until about 2007. <laughs> when... <laughs> oh, you know that's not true. I know you're making fun of me. I just I'm mean fun. I'm nowadays he'd fun be at Andy the Internet troll. I'm just so glad they didn't make this show now because he'd come out and he'd be do, he'd be flossing and quoting memes and mm, I just good memes. Ugh. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, this, uh, yeah, this this episode. So we've got we've got Freakazoid and his girlfriend Steph, uh, who it is it should be known does not date Dexter and does not know that Freakazoid is Dexter. Uh, only dates Freakazoid, which I think is kind of fun. Um, so in the episodes we watched, I don't think we saw Dexter except in no. the uh, no. So except in the credits, so he so he's a it's an alter ego. He exists as both. Yeah. yeah, he can he can at will sort of shazam himself back and forth. So we've got we've got this this episode has like <laughs> it it acts like it has structure for about half of it, and then it completely falls apart. Um, but supposedly this episode is filmed in Screamo Vision. Uh, which is where a voice sort of comes in at times to tell you when things are scary and it says scream and then you're supposed to scream. <laughs> which was a fun, it was fun that the the characters in the show have to obey by this rule. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's also, they mention when they're talking about scream vision it is a byproduct of Holland's vast tulip industry. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so is weird. a silly side comment. Um, God. Uh, but it begins so... Freakazoid is is sitting around with these other kids at the at the fire, and these kids are telling these ghost stories. And uh, the first spooky story is a kid saying, "The scariest thing in the world would be if uh, if all the air in the world turned to wood." And the next girl who goes and she says, "Okay, like the scariest thing in the world would be if like you went to grab something." And it wasn't there. Cause it turned to wood. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Freak Freakazoid comes in with the uh, with the with the kicker, which is just such a dated reference, but I feel like it still makes me laugh. The scariest thing in the world would be if they gave Sinbad another TV show. Which I, I, it's such a classic, like this specific a, Steven Spielberg down. thing. Yeah, it's it a is a takedown. It, it is a 1995 <laughs> takedown, but uh, but it's such this Spielberg thing of like making these weird 
coy, like current pop culture references that don't stand the test of time. Like I feel no, like Animaniacs is full of them. Although um, to me, to me, what's extra funny about that joke is the double tap of it where we cut back later, another scene later to the kids in the cabins, like trying to go to sleep. And it's like, you don't really believe in that stuff about Sinbad getting another TV show. Do you buzz? Nah, the broadcasting industry has all sorts of safeguards to prevent that sort of thing. (laughs) (laughs) It's they, they do a pretty good job with, with callbacks in the show. Yeah, they do Uh, really kind of making a meal out of them. Uh, uh, and so, so this is this is when we get our our actual um, uh, antagonist here, where one of the kids is like, "No, no, you shouldn't be scared of Sinbad. What you should really be scared of is Candlejack. He's this like fucking boogeyman who kidnaps kids when you say his name." And they're like, I "Find it kind well, of funny." They spent the whole night telling ghost stories, and then we find about Candlejack after, yeah. <laughs> not then. <laughs> I know right. he saves this one for when he's alone with his scarediest friend. <laughs> um. And but they're both like, oh wait, we both just said Candlejack out loud, and that's when he shows up. And Candlejack, I really enjoy. Uh, he's <laughs> he's kind of like a like a spooky floating man who who's like got a quilt over his head, sort of. It's hard to I don't I don't even know how I would describe what he looks like, but he's uh the voice is like doing a, like a some kind of sheet ghost. He's like a wispy yeah. phantom, but his voice is like supposed to sound like Jack Palance. Uh, and at one point he makes a, a believe it or not reference because Jack Palance hopes hosted the Ripley's believe it or not show. This is this is classic. I feel of Freakazoid just n- not even trying to appeal to kids. Yeah, like sure, uh-huh. it, it yeah. is just constantly making references in both of the episodes that we watched to to like 1970s and earlier television and movies that no child would have ever seen. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely not. Yeah, it's it's completely self-serving. And in that way, I I adore it. I mean, I, I just it is it never compromises what it wants to be, um, <laughs> at least at least on the Paul Rugg written episodes. Uh, some, yeah. of, some of the other episodes that are written by Paul Denny or some other writers, they didn't quite get the humor and, and they kind of tried to approximate it. But when you watch some of those episodes and it's not a Paul Rugg written episode, a lot of those are just kind of mediocre at best sure yeah. but there's a reason we picked we picked these specific ones um <laughs> yeah for sure but uh so so freakazoid can't help these kids who have been who have been kidnapped because he's gone off uh he's he's kind of zoomed off because he can't fly so he does a kind of zooming uh fake sort of superman fly that he does uh to go but he's just running day. right he's just running yeah <laughs> which I didn't get only as a like logistically, which I get the show is, is trying to be zany and it's for a joke and I don't want to be overly like introspective on, on a, such a little thing. But I was a little confused having just come into it and, and then they spend a good part of the credits kind of explaining his powers. Uh-huh. So then the fact that he doesn't run, he doesn't run super fast was a little weird. Like, I, yeah, he does have the super fast run sometimes. <laughs> oh, is it? Does it uh, come? Also, one of the earlier episodes, but yeah, it does kind of come and go, kind of okay. based on his. It whim. seems like he forgets his own powers sometimes. Like he gets caught up in just having fun with the stupid fake flying. That like, yeah, he could be doing the little zap super fast running thing if he wanted. It's it's, just, it's a little critique, but I guess I, I I've always felt that like with a really zany show, it's so important to be consistent with what you've established is whatever right. rules of the law. 
whatever law of the land it does exist. You know, it's it's so hard to find a touchdown if you're looking for one. Yeah, and when they're not. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think this show, even though even though we love it and there's a lot to like about it, I think it's it's also kind of like slapdash together in so many ways. <laughs> it's got that. <laughs> like, and my other little comedy takedown is it does a little too much uh, t balling, which I am kind of uh, approximating a term. I, I think I've talked about coach pitch on the show before. Yeah. Right, like a joke that's set up really ham-fistedly to, uh, and unbelievably to set up some sort of great return fire. Right, exactly. And then in this, so then I'm calling T-ball like when a show doesn't even give that back and forth. It's just somebody sets something up and then immediately puts a joke on that thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I don't know. I, I find that a little bit, I find that a little bit tiresome. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think you could say the same thing about Animaniacs too. Yeah, uh, I think that I think yeah. they, they both sets, very it, it much takes, do this. Yeah, definitely sets itself up and then immediately takes the shot. Lots of little winks at the audience. It's like, yeah, I know, I get it. You you just did the thing. You just <laughs> did the thing that was a good joke, and then you made a joke on it. Yeah, yeah. we're there. I'm there with you. So slowly, Candlejack has taken all of the kids in the camp because they keep seeing the other kids and saying, Oh, it's Candlejack. Wait, you know, it's so funny. The girls cabin, they're like, they hear all the commotion after he's gotten all the boys in the boys cabin and they look out and they all scream. It's Candlejack. And Candlejack (laughs) looks at the camera and goes, I'm going to need more rope. Scream. (laughs) (laughs) That's very funny. So then there's a cut uh there's a cutaway gag to Dr. Gunter Hunterhanker uh who is played by a uh, famous actor Kenneth Mars. He's just uh, doing his Inspector Kemp character from Young Frankenstein. Oh yeah, absolutely. But he does he's very good at it. Yeah. <laughs> I take great exception to the scene in which we have just witnessed a man with a back on his head. Scaring and frightening children who are having a nice happy time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but his his whole deal is that it's like a rebuttal. Like he thinks everything that's happened in the episode so far is just fucking ridiculous and stupid. And then he says Candlejack out loud and Candlejack shows up and takes him too. And so he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> and oh, then like, dear, for the rest of the episode, when we see all of Candlejack's captives, like he's got. Dr. Hunter Honker like there. <laughs> yeah, which is he's, he's I really there. appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. But that's like um, that's like one of two weird cutaway things that we do in this episode because the other one is like the whole back half of the episode is narrated by by Paul Harvey or, or Paul Rugg doing a Paul Harvey impression, which uh, again, but... such a bad like reference to make. No kid <laughs> is going to have listened to to uh that that radio show Paul Harvey did, you know, the rest of the story. That's not well, a thing. Yeah. We, we, I do want to mention, before we get to that, I do want to mention the Cosgrove interlude, because uh, Freakazoid has, has gone off away from the camp, and then his his good friend Cosgrove, Ed Asner, um, mm-hmm. who always shows up with a great offer for Freakazoid to go do something unrelated <laughs> to the plot. <laughs> oh, hiya, Cosgrove. You want to go to the Honey Harvest Festival in Acton? Really? Are, are you serious? Yes, yes, yes! Sure enough, they go to the Honey Harvest Festival and act and have little like bee antenna and they're drinking honey um, <laughs> and having a great time. And then sort of to top it off as an afterthought, Cosgrove is like, by the way, 
Steph and the kids have been captured by that spooky boogeyman guy. Think I should go help him? I would, but that's me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye, Cosgrove. Like, I don't know. That's a formula thing that they use over and over again in several episodes, but I'm there for it every time. Every time. I, re I yeah. really enjoy it because of Ed Asner's just completely dispassionate delivery. <laughs> And like so, the, the so way good. Freakazoid is is like even in the midst of any plot that's going on, Freakazoid is so easily plied away and and go have a good time with his cop friend. It's just so wonderful. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh. They Freakazoid comes back and he gets caught by Candlejack. Um. Because he, you know, they have one of those like weird classic bits where they're like, "Oh, don't say it. Don't say what. Don't say his name. You mean Candlejack." And you almost feel like, like, oh, God, I can't believe they just did that. But then immediately afterwards, Steph is like, why the fuck did you do that? And Freakazoid's like, oh, I wanted to do that. I wanted, I've always wanted to do a bit like that, like an F troop where they do like this whole thing. And he describes an actual episode from like the <laughs> 70s show F troop. And then we see a clip from F troop. Like, <laughs> like, it's pretty what, funny. What the fuck is this cartoon? What is this show? <laughs> At this point, Freakazoid just decides to completely just step in front of the fourth wall for like a good minute of the episode. And he does. I had to look this up because I didn't I never really knew what reference he was making. Apparently, he's imitating Jerry Lewis, but like Jerry Lewis not doing his comedy voice, but his serious voice that he would do when they were doing muscular dystrophy tel telethons. <laughs> And like it's it's this it's this whole thing where he would like get really emotional as like the money was coming in and he'd go around and he'd like name everybody like this is like a weird reference. And apparently that whole fourth wall breaking bit was improvised by Paul Rugg completely like nobody asked him to do this and he's doing it in the booth and they just kept it and animated it. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, because what he does is literally like unhinges the ropes around him as like a fake prop and he. He, yeah, he stands up and he walks around and he goes, You know, I'd just like to pause here a minute and say what a gas and a sagacious experience it is working on today's show. Because I walked onto the set today and everyone looked at me and said, We're going to have fun. Fun, fun, fun. And then Joey Leahy came, the announcer. Tell me he's not great. Tell me he's not great. Go ahead, tell me. You can't, right? You can't. And then you've got Eddie Asner, a bear of a man, a huggable guy. I kiss him. And these kids, have you ever in your life been filled with more joy being around kids, whether they're, you know, religious, experiential or not? I love them. All of them. We'll hug after the show. Anyway, I just, I needed to say that. And then he goes back in and the episode continues as if nothing happened. I, I can think of no other cartoon or television show that could do this. No. Or would. Or should. No. Yeah, yes. They they blast through the rest of this episode because it's clear they were like, ah, eh, we're running out of time and we don't really need to see how this plays out. So let's just, you know, let's have Paul Harvey just tell us what happened. Yeah, because and... this isn't this isn't an action show. It's a comedy <laughs> all the way through. So oh, yes. solutions happen through comedy, not you know, sometimes totally. you have a show that that balances humor and action and it's like all right well we're gonna have no jokes because we need to do an action sequence so it's gonna just be action now and they don't really they don't really do that on freakazoid <laughs> no <laughs> uh yeah it's it's really silly and 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 then at the end we get like a you know 
like just to, just to really underline the rest of the story radio reference they're making he says and now you know the rest of the episode good day and i i didn't get that reference until i was an adult and even then it's not because i listened to the old radio show it's cuz i looked it up on a better internet that existed in the <laughs> 2000s i just <laughs> It was still funny to me as a kid, though, because it's like, who's this old guy leaning against a desk just telling me stuff? Well, what that's is going the brilliance. On? I, I don't know that it paid off as this show is not cherished by adults and kids alike. I mean, adults uh-huh. now, but not the same way that, say, Toy Story sort of made that bridge. But uh-huh. the brilliance is it, it kids do like that lol so random. Things mm-hmm. that, they, you know, they're still kind of in that sort of like you know, peekaboo comedy phase. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be some sort of like intellectual witticism. And, and yet if you're a grown up forced to watch your, your child's terrible TV shows, then you've got this sort of like show that's kind of talking to you in a weird way. Your kid is laughing uh-huh. at the same jokes you are because they're playing peekaboo and yeah, <laughs> Oh, I love peekaboo comedy. That's a really fun phrase. Well, it, could, it, it could be a nice insult. You're a fucking peekaboo comedian. <laughs> they also deliver it really funny. You know, I mean, this 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 man, I mean, the, his word choice and the way Paul Rugg does his character of like... A terrifically treacherous trap in the wild and windy woods. Smack me with a handle and when Candle Jack, when that big boogeyman went to charter the bus, he was lured by the aroma of perfectly plump pumpkin pie. I think there's a thumbtack under my fanny. That's my other fun fact, actually, if I if I'm allowed to say it, is that uh, the smack me with a handle and there's a thumbtack under my fanny lines in there are just the things that Paul Rugg would say to get into the impression before he read the lines. (laughs) And Tom Ruger was like, no, we're keeping that in. (laughs) He says, like, it's like totally normal stuff. And then he says, smack me with a handle. Like, why? Why? (laughs) Oh, my God. Check out next to your computer is when surfing on the internet and was that the cyberspace? He turned into the freaky boy who's strong and super quick. He drives the village crazy, cause he's a lunatic. It's home base in the freaky land. Freakazoid, frequency, toy the park and cuts his head. Freakazoid, chimpanzee, runs around in the freaky land. Freakazoid, no freakazoo, hopes to make a movie deal. Freaky me, freaky you, he's here to save the nation. So stay tuned to the station. Okay, our second episode that we have seen of Freakazoid is called The Cloud. It is one of my personal favos. And uh, here is the synopsis for it. A mysterious cloud on a mountaintop in the European village of Schnitzel is turning hikers into clowns. Freakazoid teams up with his old friend Professor Heine, who has a laboratory on the mountain, to get to the bottom of the phenomenon. Yeah. And and so just by reading that it's it's almost by description too silly but the way that they frame this episode is like a horror movie or like a thriller from the 50s and 60s. Yeah, well, he's got this guy kind of arriving from out of town already mm-hmm. kind of on the hunt of a some sort of strange occurrence. Well, and they start with a cold open too, which they don't yeah. normally do. Uh they do a cold open of hikers in this like 
Hiker climbs up into the cloud, this like glowing orange cloud, and then he falls he says, down. I can't and- see anything. It's all cloudy and spooky and so on. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we don't see the face of the hiker who's turned into a clown, and you know, you just kind of get, you know, looking away from it. And so there's this like suspense being built up, and then it goes to this fake credit sequence that's very North by Northwest. Yeah, and, yeah, it's got a Hitchcock uh, for sure. Yeah, yeah totally it's very Hitchcock. Hitchcock. But you know, I have at this point, I have to, I have to tell you my favorite thing that I discovered when researching this episode, which is that right before they wrote this, Paul Rugg and uh, I had my, probably Tom Ruger, but whoever was writing the episode with him, uh, they watched an old '60s movie called *The Crawling Eye*, uh, where a cloud in Switzerland sucks people in and beheads them. Uh, oh, okay. Fine. And gotcha. this movie's this movie's real. The title sequence is exactly like the one in this episode, <laughs> like the shot at the beginning with those hikers and the like the the holding the height, the line and the line going up into the cloud and the guy falling and they catch him by the line, and all that stuff. It's like shot for shot. This movie from the 60s <laughs> that's, that's that no awesome. one has seen. Right. Right. <laughs> but I found it. On, I found the movie on YouTube and like tabbed through it and was like, oh, shit, this is just the episode. <laughs> You know, some cartoons do like a Star Wars episode or a, an Indiana yeah. Jones episode. <laughs> yeah, because uh, does the crawling eye. <laughs> um, they also have fake uh, character credits in the intro. Um, the fake characters, fake actors, uh, names like Bunt Pipser and uh, <laughs> Wingate Chalmers and uh, Wiener Mercator as the Hopping Woman, which is uh, I think That's a, a running, running gag. It's a running they gag. Use, they use that in at least three or four episodes that have credit, like, credit sequences. It's always got at the end, and Wiener Mercator as the hopping woman. But <laughs> she's not never ever, an actual yeah, scene never character. Wiener Mercator is the hopping woman. But, um, so Freakazoid begins uh, his travels on a train on the way to Schnitzel. <laughs> and he's uh, he shares a, 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 a train, train compartment. cabin. Train compartment. <laughs> Thank you. Train house. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What's the mortgage on a train house? Oh, it's It's not. Yeah, I bet. Um, So he shares a uh, train compartment with a man who is a light bulb salesman, light bulb expert. (laughs) Uh, He was sleeping on him and um, uh, he sort of does that, like warning the person about, a place that's spooky and he gives him a warning about schnitzel he's on his way over there himself and is saying that since he's a light bulb expert he thinks that he's going to go check out the issue because he might be an issue of faulty bulbs that was one of the <laughs> that was one of the uh t-ball jokes i was commenting on that they don't really wait for that to be uh for that to kind of be a riff each <laughs> immediately i know it's already funny it's already silly and zany that he's a light bulb person uh, yeah, you know that's that's already a joke. I don't know that we. I don't know. So freak gets off the train uh, at the train station at Schnitzel and his <laughs> is uh, met by a man named Hans, who's a very spooky looking man. Um, and he has just the best line. Just I think it might be one of the lines that I remember the most from Freakazoid, and I still think about it like mm-hmm. on the on the weekly. I still think about this fucking line. She's a beautiful mountain, yes, but in the cloud, look, spooky things. 
<laughs> it's so formative. The show is so formative to the things I still find funny, I think. And just good delivery like that. Yeah. And we- weird things. delivery. Spooky things. Uh, but Hans has to inform him while they're in the gondola, uh, the, the sky buckets, as they call them. Hans <laughs> has to inform Freakazoid that Disneyland shut down not only the the sky buckets ride at Disneyland, not only the ride where they shrink you down tiny, but also the little motorboat ride. And Freakazoid <laughs> is so bent out of shape about this. He's like, no, not the boats. It's so funny because he just like unprompted starts like crying a little later in a different conversation. And they're like, oh, it's not that bad. And he's like, no, I'm just thinking about the boats at Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's so genuine and he cries like a like a little kid and he he gets so worked up like it he can't just immediately stop crying like he has to work his way back down and like get (laughs) like somebody's got to put his hand around his shoulder and it's like i know and he's like (laughs) (laughs) it's just it's it's really good like and then if you're gonna make a dumb joke like that yeah 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 and then 30 seconds after that, a woman, like, gets a phone call. He's like, I just heard the, the boat ride has been canceled. <laughs> no, nah, not the boat. <laughs> but yeah, if you're going to if you're going to make a dumb joke like that, I really appreciate the 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 willingness to just sell it as far as you can go with just how emotionally affected Freakazoid is, because otherwise sure. it's not funny, you know? Right. right. Like, it's just <laughs> I think. I, yeah. I think the performance really makes the joke on that one. Absolutely. They, they also, so Freezoid meets up with Professor Heine, his old friend who's been running this research observatory or something um, up here in the mountains. And, uh, and I mean, I, guess I just wanted to take my shot at one of the few, uh, you know, little background, background knowledge is, you know, cause you guys have, you guys got a lot of this background knowledge and I, I just feel like I want to, you know, yeah, do it. By do all it. Means. Impress me. Uh, Heine is, uh, but it's another word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks for <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> so his oh, name, name is basically Doctor Butt. <laughs> yeah, this yeah, is why we so have yeah. you on the show, Rory. <laughs> thanks for thanks for your your fine research. It's really good. <laughs> so we know we know Professor Heine and Freakazoid are friends. And he points out the problem that all these hikers, different people keep getting turned into clowns, clown zombies specifically. <laughs> and uh, they don't know what's behind it. They got to go figure out what's going on. Yeah, they watch uh, Lyle Spanger, the guy from the train. They watch him show up like through a monitor and get eaten up by the cloud and then come back out a horrible clown. Uh, but he did also show up with light bulbs in his hands. So he's like trying to reach up. <laughs> he wants to fix the problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the issue uh, isn't light bulbs though so my i i love this as well so this is a cosgrove comes back right so we have the cloud the cloud approaches the observatory now and it surrounds them and then there's this horrifying knock at the door and freakazoid opens it and it's just cosgrove out there and he's standing in the cloud just like totally fine hey freakazoid you want to go build a go-kart to his credit he actually does refuse and he's like man we're busy and then he's cosgrove, cosgrove's like yeah, by the way, there's a spooky cloud thing turning people into clown zombies out here. I'd take care of that if I were you. Okay. And then he just leaves. Like, why is Cosgrove and his, like, American police car driving up on a mountain in Schnitzel? Uh, it just it just makes me very happy. I really like that. Yeah. Fair, fair enough. 
Yeah. Uh, so Freakazoid finally goes up the mountain and goes faces the area where the cloud is, and it turns out it is his longtime nemesis, the Lobe, in like a little <laughs> golf cart with this like uh, laser, giant laser uh, matter ray on top of it, and a cloud that it is coming. And this out is where I this map. is where I kind of bought into the show a little bit. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, good, I bet. Good because it's one of the best one of the best cartoon endings that I've ever seen and is, is why it's my favorite, one of my favorite episodes of this show. Um, to finish is, painting the picture of the lobe, his head is just a big brain with eyes on it. He's a, he's a, he's like a Krang. If Krang had a human body underneath. Yeah, totally. And it's the voice of David Warner, who is a very esteemed British actor. Uh, <laughs> and so he brings a sort of regalness to the, to the part, uh, which is uh, perfect, <laughs> perfect mm-hmm. for how silly and sad, some of the things the lobe says are the perfect plan. Everyone loves a clown. There's a knock on the door. It's a clown. You let it in. The next thing you know, they've taken over for me. And in a in a in a really fun, I don't know if it's a twist necessarily, but I, I remember the first time I watched this episode, I did not expect where this went. Freakazoid just starts berating him on how bad his playing is. <laughs> Well, if you don't mind me saying so, that is the stupidest plan I've ever heard of. No, it's not. It's a good plan. Baloney! People don't like clowns. What were you thinking? That's just dumb. Nuh uh. Uh huh. (laughs) Dumb, dumb, dumb. And you're doing it out here in the middle of nowhere. There aren't even that many people around. What were you thinking? Explain it to me. You're right. I'm sorry. I don't know what's wrong with me. I think I'm overtired. It's the best I could do. (laughs) Turn off the cloud. Now go on. Get out of here. Go. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Which it turns out was just Freakazoid's last line of defense is extreme shame. (laughs) Yeah. When it comes to a really great plan. Yeah. That yeah. he's not equipped to stop. He can at least yeah. shame somebody into stopping. <laughs> yeah, because I guess Freakazoid thinks that's a good plan. I don't Freakazoid know. Who that's might, a who very good plan. <laughs> once he's gone, <laughs> yeah, once the lobe is gone, it's like, oh boy. What a brilliant plan. plan. He's good. <laughs> <laughs> and then him Cogsgrove shows up and they drive away in his cop car all yeah. the way down the mountain. Uh, vowing, to, <laughs> vowing to build that go-kart. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know. It's just it's such a I think both of these episodes really like the the end just sort of feels like a really novel like thing, like just a direction you never expected it to go and not like a story direction, like a structure direction, you know, Uh, where they just sort of play with like this isn't how a story is going to end this. We're just going to do this other thing and that's how we're going to end it. And you're going to laugh and we'll go to credits. Because when it's an 11 minute show, we have, I think, a much more forgiving bullshit detector for like being narratively cheated out of a satisfying ending. Mm-hmm. You know, I think especially since it's a show like Freakazoid where we kind of expect madcap excitement, uh, great and great japes um, that I think if we get kind of a weird ending after like 22 minutes or longer we start to feel cheated yeah out of something but totally in this case it's like how much can we actually do in 11 minutes or 10 minutes you know like and it's or a less. silly show 
Yeah, or sometimes less, a, right. sometimes an episode of Freakazoid has like two mainland segments and then two like short little funny segments and like well you can you can end up with a six minute episode. I think if we're gonna compare Freakazoid to Animated Next to Hysteria and, and and Andy has already hinted that I I truly love Hysteria. Um, I think what Hysteria did really well was be structurally rigid as a sketch show and sometimes mm-hmm. Animaniacs and I, I think Freakazoid seems to as well sometimes drift into uh, an expectation that it follows a little bit more formula or that it's sketchy and then it stops being that, you know, yep. it kind of they don't always f- succeed at living up to the structure they've established. Yeah, and Freakazoid, Freakazoid barely keeps an established structure from episode to episode. Like, they yeah, have some running was... jokes that they keep doing, but, like, it's it's weird. They're always weird. You can't At get its your core, it was deeply experimental. And, you know, it only lasted two seasons, and they were short seasons. And I think it was still innovating that whole time. We're still oh, co- yeah, I, I can see that. New stuff and really, you know... um you know, like after uh, one of these uh, episodes on one version, it was Candlejack. And then immediately after that was a uh, Johnny Quest, uh, Johnny Quest parody that has yeah. Freakazoid, no Freakazoid is not in it. No, like characters from Freakazoid. It's an entirely different show called Toby Danger. That and it's is, kind of funny, but it's not. It great. is kind of funny. But yeah. And so it's obviously it's an attempt at something. It's, um, you know, it is a, a, another like. Here's a thing we'll try and we'll just yeah. go sure. I guess, really I guess depth. what I was saying was that structure is a really dangerous part to tinker with because uh, it tends to be how we learn to interface with the content, like with the joke, mm-hmm. you know, uh, s- words have to have meaning. And if you constantly changing the meaning of words and the meaning of what things uh, do and, and how things happen and the sequence and how lo- it just it makes it really hard to to find something to sink to like hold on to well and i think that probably contributed to why it wasn't a huge hit fair Honestly. enough yeah at the end of the day it's it's for it's not really for kids and it's not really for adults and so it kind of just lives in this in this weird liminal space yeah it's for it's, it's for, for us. It's, for, it's for you and me who yeah. can't figure out whether or not we're kids or adults. <laughs> yeah, these, these permanently frozen uh, Peter Pans. Yeah. yeah. So here we are, everybody, back at... We're back. We're back here shaking our shaking our hat. Then uh, that means it's time to give us your quarters, and we tell you about a pretty great reason why. Isn't that right, Austin? That's correct, 100%. All right. So this week, Austin, you're going to you you are sp- our sponsor this week is the liver burglar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. So um, we are really thankful to be sponsored by the liver burger today. The liver burglar. Thank you. Um, yeah, he doesn't care for that. That kind of <laughs> no. bad promotion. Uh Oh, oh, no. Oh, there's a knock at my door. Uh, should I should I go get it or? Oh dear, this is this. I'm on tenterhooks. Uh, hold on a second. Let me go. Let me go check the door here. Uh, yeah, yeah. Who is it? Oh, oh, oh! It's my liver. Oh no! Cut into it, and he's cut it. Cut it. He took it out and ran into the night. Ran out 
Uh, sorry, that was that. It was just uh, nothing. I don't think. <laughs> really? It's just an Amazon so? guy. Yeah. Um, but I will have to cut uh, recording short uh, pretty soon. <laughs> for unrelated reasons. <laughs> for a number of unrelated reasons. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, that's our cool sponsor. And uh, please don't speak his name or or say it <laughs> say it in the wrong way. <laughs> Okay, everybody, we've just come back from earning a million dollars, and now it's time for us to tell you guys about the new show that we watched, and you watched it too. It's King of the Hill, Season 7, Episode 9, Pygmalion, and the Blurbosaurus Rex goes a little bit like this. It goes, Luan becomes involved with the psychotic owner of a pork processing plant who wants Luan to be just like the woman in the company logo. Boom, nailed it. Nice. Way to read that, Rory. I'm really proud. Never let it be said that I can't read. Because I can read. <laughs> as I think I've demonstrated to beyond a, beyond a shadow of a doubt. Now, I have a you question. Any good novels? Like, do. <laughs> I've got a, I question, have a question, Rory. I've got a question. That blurb you read didn't sound anything like George Bernard Shaw's novel, Pygmalion, or his play. I wouldn't know Pygmalion. because I, I've never read that book because of an unrelated reason. <laughs> It kind of reminded uh, me of My Fair Lady, but that's oh, different. That's that is <laughs> very different. Okay, <laughs> I, I, uh, Rory, when you when you told us you wanted to watch this episode and you said it goes off the rails and it's a little crazier than the rest of King of the Hill, I did believe you, but I did not expect this to be such a dark episode. <laughs> it's a pretty yeah. dark episode. <laughs> this is this is very much a different show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh god i just this like this whole fucking scary psychopath like i I don't even man the spooky pork (laughs) (laughs) everything about it is horrible to me and i i I just i i don't know i felt really i felt really like protective of everyone in this episode like no just don't get hurt (laughs) everything is terrible stop doing these things he's a monster he's a (laughs) madman you Uh, know um you know we're like at the end of the first season of the west wing when there's the assassination attempt on bartlett and for a while it was just like light office patter and then suddenly it's like there are gunmen and people are bleeding and shot and it's like incredibly upsetting Um, yeah sometimes sometimes a show can be like that Uh and and sometimes, and sometimes you're see... West Wing and you're doing it for ratings at the end of a season. And so people will have a cliffhanger to come back to so that. They'll Ooh, that's a show. 2019 takedown, Sorkin. <laughs> Sorkin? <laughs> yeah, come on, Sork. <laughs> but I I mean, clearly that's not the case for King of the Hill. Season seven, they just wanted to do something crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just suddenly, suddenly really, yeah, get, get, get spooky in a, in a way that I think. The show has uh, not ever been uh, no. or will be again. And that's kind <laughs> of what makes it so extremely upset. Like, uh, not upsetting exactly, but uh, off-putting, I guess, is like, it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it's not one of those shows that does uh, a Halloween episode every year. It's done a couple, mm-hmm. but they're usually just kind of good fun. Right. Uh, and then right. they've got this one. 
where uh, a <laughs> psychopathic billionaire uh, tries to uh, gaslight Luann into being his logo wife and then uh, gets murdered. For starters, yeah. Oh, God. And uh, this was also nice. I mean, this was we, we talked about how when we did our King of the Hill arc that we never actually really got to watch a Luann episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. So getting well, to, getting to finally do this is, is enjoyable. Luann has one of the most ridiculous and unique character voices uh, on a cartoon. I think the late uh, great Brittany Murphy. If we're gonna be quote, if we're gonna be talking about voice actors, all GD day. Yep. yep. <laughs> Rory, this turns into <laughs> dust. I think. <laughs> Rory, don't look back. <laughs> It'd be a pillar of salt. Um. You 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 are correct. She's wonderful, and uh, and I love I love all of her deliveries. Uh, Luann is just so wonderfully. I don't know. I mean, I want I want to say sincere. ignorant. She's sincere. She's well, they say really they, they, they have that joke in this in this exact episode, right? They're like, right. Oh, Luann, you're not stupid. You're just ignorant. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, let me exp- and this is where it's like that's a funny joke like uh, and then and then it gets like weird and gross on top of it. It's like no, let me explain. That just means nobody's filled your head with wrong stuff yet. You're like, "Oh, I don't like that yet." Oh. You've just made this much worse. Yeah. She has no ill intent anywhere in in her body and she tries so hard. She's just like a pure I'm not saying she's pure, but like her intent is usually so pure. She just wants to have a good life and to like enjoy things and to feel good. And like, I don't know, like you can't hate Luann, even if you think right. she's you can't. making and, crazy and her, choices. And her, her, like her, it's fun. You know, again, the, the show always takes a, takes an extra step at making people, I think a little more three dimensional than you would expect. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, she is this sort of like pure, virgin type except she's not exactly she's no. like sex positive and experienced and uh, worldly and mm-hmm. uh, she's just a bit of adult in a pretty endearing way yeah mm-hmm. i like to imagine that this is the kind of caliber of hijinks that luann gets to regularly <laughs> Constantly. When, yeah. when when the show isn't focusing on her she's yeah. like in in some horrible scrape or another that <laughs> usually just isn't looked at but yeah. <laughs> uh, so maybe it is this is right for the show. We just don't normally see it. But but so let's let's break down the, the yeah. plot because there's so much good stuff in here. Yeah. Um, we, we open have... we open at the at the uh, barbecue joint rattlesnakes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, where even the menu smells good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bobby. God. Yeah, and and uh Hank and Peggy are in the middle of or Hank is plotting if Peggy gets the, the chicken fried chicken. Chi- and Hank gets the chicken fried steak, and he never finishes his thought there. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know what happens when you combine those powers. Um, but Luann works here, and she gets chewed out by her boss for putting a salad fork in the spoon bin. And Peggy gets real self-righteous on her behalf and gets so mad that she basically says, I quit f- for Luann. And so she has Luann quit. And that's so, so not what Luann wanted. She was kind of just so like Peggy. happy to have a job. And yeah, so Peggy to just like get in the middle of this and, and just have it's like, yeah, well, I know what I, I know it's right. I know it's best. Yeah. So so she has immediately um, she does not ease up on Luann's life after quitting for her. She has already enrolled Luann in a entrepreneurship course at the Learning <laughs> Annex. 
and oh Luann has a little bit of indignation <laughs> there, and she's like, okay, look, I need to take control. I wish you would have asked me. And she's like, oh, of course. Uh, will you be doing it at seven or at eight? Or, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, like seven's so good for me. Sorry. So you're going to, you're going to do it at eight. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so they go to the learning annex and this is where we meet the hog king of Arlen. We meet the hog king of Arlen, Trip <laughs> Larson, <laughs> who is apparently famous for having edibilized two new parts of the pig. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, so something I really like, so obviously the, the, the development this takes is that at the seminar that Trip is giving, Luann is into her, into Trip, and then Trip sees her in the audience, and for whatever reason that we find out later, he's instantly really into Luann. Uh, and when Luann and him talk after the seminar, it's actually kind of cute from an angle because Luann is not like, oh, you're so hot, oh, you're blah, 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 blah. She's The thing she's interested in with Trip is how passionate he was about the thing that he does. And yeah, I really appreciate nice that. That's a really, mm-hmm. it's like, like, yeah, like that's, that is, I agree with that. That is attractive. I can understand how she would Im- like immediately have taken an interest in this way. Uh, yeah. If only Trip's interest in her was as nice. As uh, innocent. Yeah, it's kind of a casting couch situation. Um, we we can tell that he's interested and he invites her over to his house for a job interview, uh, which sets off Peggy's. Which alliance. has this it has this great that's a that's a great like yucky foreshadowing of, you know, um, uh, a Me Too era, you know, 20 years before that yeah. kind of came out. Yeah. Uh, of just like calling these people out. Uh, yep. Sure, it was a fictional character, and nobody, you know, nobody was was aggrieved by it. But like, uh, yeah, but it at happened. the very least, at the very least, it spoke, and it, that 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 line has grist in 2019. Yep. Yeah. And and it's it's I mean it's Hank actually that is that is oh Hank is great like, Hank is Hank Hank knows right away yeah. something's amiss which is which is the fun butting of the heads where Luann is now super it's so fucking real right now Luann's pissed that that he's basically saying he can't possibly love me for me or want me for me. Uh, Luann, sometimes men aren't interested in what they say they're interested in. To put it bluntly, they're more interested in something else. Oh, you mean sex? Uh, no, no, no. Yes. I really, I really liked Hank's Hank's phrasing there. He says something like, "You know, sometimes men are interested in." To put it bluntly, something <laughs> else. <laughs> something else. <yeah. laughs> like, dude, <laughs> the hangups. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so they go for this interview. Peggy goes along with Luann, continuing to sort of have her hand on the rudder of, of Luann's life, and she goes to the interview. And unfortunately, Hank's uh, Hank's spot on because immediately uh, Trip is like, Luann, let's go ballooning. <laughs> <laughs> he takes her up into the hot air balloon, which is apparently his solution to every problem. He just takes the person who's mad at him up in a hot air balloon. And it's always right. it's always fun too when these people who are correct to be suspicious or, or who are uh, pure in their desire to help are kind of genuinely in the wrong. This isn't a whole episode about Peggy being wrong, and at the end, Peggy realizes that she was wrong. It's like, it's to some degree, Peggy was right to be worried about Luann. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Luann, Luann's not in a position or she doesn't have the, the, the guts to 
to fight back against Peggy in a real way. And nobody, you know, nothing happens to tell Peggy that she was she went about it all wrong at the end. And Mm -hmm. Hank ends up Hank's initial like, oh, I bet that's, you know, not above board. While, yeah, kind of immediately, immediately. He he was right, even though maybe his assumption was kind of shitty, like he was right. But then Luann and Peggy shit on him about it. And then, like, it's it, it is funny. Like, nobody nobody really gets off scot free, but also nobody learns to change their behavior, <laughs> right? <laughs> Except for maybe Luann at the end, maybe. I think she yeah. stands her ground. Uh, Peggy gives her a little bit of breathing room by the end. Yeah, uh, they yeah. both kind of realize Luann's kind of like eureka moment is that she is a young person who needs help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, so it's like she d- she also learns to take a little help, but also really stand her boundary ground, which I think is really a pretty profound uh, conclusion. It's yeah. not it's not black and white. It's not mom needs to back the fuck off. It's not kids are idiots or whatever kind mm-hmm. of like singular singular way you could frame it as. It's like both things can have an element of uh, we could have both been better. Yeah, right. I mean the, the the message is a little undercut by the grisly death that happens by the, the grisly end. death of, of <laughs> Triple Larson as he's stabbed to death in a sausage making machine. Yeah, <laughs> spoilers. Um, before things completely slide off the deep end, uh, Trip Trip and and Luann are now kind of dating all of a sudden, mm-hmm. and so Hank and Peggy kind of march over there and talk to him, and. He he woos them specifically <laughs> Hank with oh, so fast. sports blooper sports blooper tapes and and but, it's like but not the kind they show on TV but this is private bloopers <laughs> <laughs> only advertisers get to see these yeah 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 he's and, like do you have I've... do you have the one at that game where the snowman caught on fire he's like are you kidding me I have three snowmen that got caught on fire. <laughs> and Hank just like yeah. grins ear to ear. <laughs> and he gets to go up in a hot air balloon that is powered by propane, which is one of the eight. Is it seven different uh, propane some, related? Uh, some small but funny number of like the <laughs> propane experience he's yet to he's yet to yeah. have. Yeah. So he gets oh. old. He goes up in the hot air balloon and. Peggy, I feel like Neil Armstrong up here. I can see everybody's gutters, and they look great. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then uh, Peggy gets mad at Trip, and he shows uh, his true colors. Yeah. So then there's like a a pig head or a pig corpse without a head that shows up at their door, and you can interpret it either as a gift or it's a menacing. Godfather style hog Godfather. Head, horse head. Uh-huh. Right. And so, you know, but you're starting to feel uneasy about the situation. Um, and then he asked Luann to move in with him immediately. No, he He's doesn't. All of, or doesn't he? He does not ask no, her to move in. Oh, he, he says, you're moving. you live here now and I've got all your stuff. I meat trucked it over here from your house. <laughs> yes, that's <Yeah>. right. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a little bit of convenient, a little convenience timing where she is bitching about how, how controlling and doddering, uh, Peggy is. And he's like, good news. Don't ever go back there. You live with me now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he had all of her clothes shredded. Uh, and he got her, he got her some nice new synthetic clothes and they are all, um, a sort of weird dirndl skirt, uh, uh, puffy, 
yeah, Alps. Some, somewhere like a milkmaid. And it has yeah. what I might consider one of the most horrific lines I've ever heard in a show or movie or anything ever. Yeah. Where you don't think so? Or do you not know what I'm talking about quite yet? Which line are you talking about? She is completely beside herself that all of her clothes are the same, that she's got all these uniforms that are identical. But they're all the same. Nothing is exactly the same. Everything has a small flaw or imperfection. Drives me mad. (gasps) (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah, the red flags now are blowing uh, really <laughs> the red flags are blowing in the wind. <laughs> yeah, yeah be- it's like that game, a- the Banner Saga, with that big long red flag. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, sick reference, Rory. So there sick. will also be lots of death in this too. Um, <laughs> they have a they have an encounter that night where like Peg, uh, uh, Luann goes to sleep and she hears rustling and she goes and opens a door and there's a pig in there and oh, then he the freaks J5. out at her. <laughs> yeah, the J five. Oh god, that's why we haven't mentioned this. His new like experimental meat pig. This the sort of like horrible Cronenberg, like lumbering lumbering blob monstrosity. <laughs> yeah, which honestly feels like a Simpsons joke. It, it does feels like a lot more just like because he called the J five. I, I just but, yeah, exhausted. The whole pig. the whole episode's got a bit of a treehouse of horror sort of mm-hmm. break uh-huh. from the rest of the show. Right. It does so I I get the Simpsons comparison. But yeah, she yeah. freaks out. She's like, why do you have a pig in here? And then he tells her all the like crazy shit that he did to make the room pig. Okay. Like pig appropriate. Got all this Brazilian <laughs> rosewood and like who fucking knows. But then he's like, you should go back to bed. Blanca's going to bring you a glass of warm milk. Finish it all. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, God. And then she wakes yeah. up covered in blood in the morning. Yeah, her. Her her hair has been dyed. Whether it's blood or if or it's actual just it's red hair polish, dye, it's, it's just unclear. red shoe polish. Yeah. Just okay. Red. She, okay, she thinks it's blood is all. Yeah, right? It, right. but it's playing. It's definitely playing into that Halloween movie. Like it does yeah. seem like she wakes up covered in blood. But no, it's yeah. this sort of it's almost red dye. Worse. It's well, it's way worse because it's real. It's real yeah. because he's dyed her hair red in her sleep, and he yeah. says he's improved it. And she's like, I don't want this. And he's like, well, we could shave I choose what and you wait want for it to now, grow yeah. back. <laughs> like, that's that's terrifying. This guy is the like, this is such an uncomfortable episode. <laughs> yeah. So but we we finally kind of get to the root of what Tripp's deal is when he shows mm-hmm. her uh, the oh, yeah. old advertisement for Larson meat products. And you see a girl in this art that looks very much like Luann has been sort of molded to doctor to look like. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. She's her hair and braids and red hair and the same exact, uh, well, almost exact replica of the, the dress that this, this pork girl is wearing, um, along (laughs) with like a guy in later hosen and then a little pig as this sort of tableau. And it's like a, his, this family. And is this where we get the reveal about trips plan? Or is that not a little yet. bit later? Not yet. So, so trip. Well, so trip said uh, in this, he was like, I looked at it every day when I grew up. Yeah. And my mom was, was, wasn't boy. around. His mom wasn't around. But in this ad was like on the walls mother, of his nursery. Yes. Yeah, so that's what I was kind of getting is like, here's where we learned that, like, he doesn't imagine being with the. Uh, oh, well, that's uh, that's the, at the house. Oh, that is later. But OK, yeah. Um, but we know that he has this weird thing for yeah, yeah, the, pork, yeah. the pork girl and that 
he sort of wants to this is sort of his family this is his desire yeah, um, he's been looking for her for the perfect like pork girl for his whole life <laughs> um and so she's like freaking out uh and he's like i don't want to cheer you up i'm gonna throw a halloween party and she's like can i be a pirate and he's like no you can't fucking be a pirate that's ridiculous you'll be uh well this you'll be the pork girl (laughs) (laughs) and he makes her wear the costume and and they invite hank and peggy to this party and they show up and luann is like i guess maybe kind of back on board i can't tell how much at this point she's like sort of basically yeah like it's hard to tell but um but during the party uh he summons her to that room with the ad in it and it's like his plans have finally come to fruition. And this is where we find out the real exciting stuff. Well, he's he's not dressed normally. He's wearing a costume and he is he's dressed. Pig. He's a <laughs> pig. He's he's wearing a cape and this horrifying like, pig <laughs> he's nose. <wearing> a cape. <laughs> yeah. And pig mask and like he's Oh, I get it. Just... Pig Malian. Uh-huh. But oh, also because the oh. it does I mean on the also, joke. It does also play off the Pygmalion, My Fair Lady, uh, an older person sort of teaching an uncultured, yeah, uh, uncultured like street woman, basically (laughs) how how to be a lady. And Uh this, you know, it's obviously much more sinister. Um, But there is there is a thought that uh, that Luann has at one point corrected Peggy's grammar. Uh, about mm-hmm. oh that was so funny she, she, so she gets this like little d- droplet of power from yeah. from trip he's taught her how to like really f- put people down <laughs> he's taught her the yeah. power of putting people in their fucking place and she is wielding it <laughs> unscrupulously yeah uh, she says aunt peggy trip says no one ever solved anything with a run-on sentence <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh peggy's so stymied by that oh it's so good yeah and um, so that's kind of the requisite my fair lady bit there of, mm-hmm. of her kind of learning but but now it's just we're we're fully fully we're, we're in the wackadoo now because yeah because he he didn't see himself as the man married to the woman who has the pig he saw himself as the pig he's and, the pig baby and he su- he summons <laughs> this baby. man from like who knows <laughs> where he's like javier yeah, come javier. here yeah in a, and in a later hosing costume yeah he looks exactly like the guy in the ad and all javier has to say about this is life is a series of compromises <laughs> <laughs> yeah but 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 uh trip does like get on one knee and and have a ring and and proposes for javier to luann <laughs> yeah to, to basically become his parents who the um, fuck yeah. even knows yeah some real bad vibes here yeah, uh, but of course she runs screaming at this point and out through the party um, and he chases after her and then Peggy chases after him and they all end up in the slaughterhouse uh, with some very creepy vibes and like the conveyor belt gets turned on because of course it does and there's this whole showdown on the conveyor belt and Peggy tries to stop it but she ends up turning on all of the horrible pig killing implements <laughs> and uh, and it's a really it's a it's a very upsetting sequence here at the end it's pretty wild because so uh in his in his in his kill fever uh (laughs) trip winds up on the conveyor belt himself and then uh peggy or luann whacks him with one of the big pigs on a on a meat hook well and he gets he gets zapped by the electrical but he gets whacked and he's on the conveyor belt and um 
there's a zapper that's meant to knock the pigs unconscious as they go through the, the like the meat tenderizer. Uh-huh. Uh, and instead of knocking him unconscious, what happens is uh, it has cured all of his uh, uh, insanity. He, and at the very has, least, he has a moment of clarity. He, at the very least. He has least. a moment of clarity. The voices are gone. <laughs> This is is a quote. I can think clearly for the first time in my life. And then he gets... What is going on? And then uh, he is uh, mercilessly pierced to death by a long... uh, conical hog piercer. (laughs) Hog piercer? That's a good movie. I love that movie. (laughs) Um, and, And I would say during this moment, you don't see the death happen. You just see it cut away when we expect it to happen. And all of all of our finely tuned sitcom sensibilities are just ready to like, okay, and then, oh, and then he he's fine. And and then the credits, I mean, roll base. I mean, it goes Pe- yeah. Peggy and Luann talk he's about like. for sure dead. And they for sure are complicit. They have an amazing line, though. At least Tip seemed happy. And now he's in a better place. Honey, Trip had a mental breakdown and is now a sausage. Now he's a sausage. <laughs> happy ending, oh, happy God. enough. And then we cut to black and he's he's, he's gone. And, you know, you're still just kind of left reeling of like, I just watched. That was he. This is the one with the men that say yup by the fence, right? Yeah. That's this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. And, you know, usually this is I like think... somebody on Friends getting <laughs> destroyed yeah. by a long yeah. conical pig piercer. Yeah. Like it, it's it's way off, way off the, the reservation on this one. Oh, God, you guys, I'm so full of all this candy that I chose to eat because I'm a goddamn adult. This was I'm my adult choice. Control of my facilities and I t- did not give into my base of nature. I chose to eat this candy, and I don't. Re- I have no regrets. No regrets. I'm gonna. I'm gonna shit myself silly from all this sugar. But you know what? Every moment of it, I'm gonna go. That was my right. A bottle this of is- Pepto, a bottle of Pepto, and it's gonna be all good in the hood. Yeah, baby. I'm good. I've made a top and bottom retainer from caramel <laughs> apple pops, and uh, <laughs> they're gonna get my teeth so straight and fix them. And I don't need to pay for adult dental care because uh, I got my caramel apple pops right here in my mouth. So. Now that's a uh, fucking life hack. Thanks, Austin. Yeah, life life hack. This was uh, good. I'm glad we picked our candy. Caramel apple pops are as good as a retainer, and you heard it here on Saturday morning, Tuesdays. Every <laughs> so give it a try. Why don't you? And you can no such thing as too old. D- and you can tell your dentist, Austin, Rory, and Andy sent you when he yeah. sees how straight and clean your teeth are, or at least just straight. Uh this this was a, this was a fun this was a fun night. I'm glad I'm glad that we didn't do like what we did a couple years ago, where we picked six things to watch and then had to just sort of blast through it. As it turns uh, out, six is a little intense. It's six <laughs> a little intense, yeah. And we do like to talk. Uh, spoiler alert: we like to talk about shows. Boy, do we. Um, <laughs> and uh, and I'm I'm glad that you. I don't know. You know. I know you. You maybe didn't jive with it as much as as much as we did. But thank you for for indulging us on our freakazoid journey. No, I had a decent time. I don't want. I don't want to sound like I am overly poo pooing it. I just. I guess I came at it uh, unable to kind of turn on my inner child. I kind of yeah, watched. I feel you. You know, because totally. I guess maybe because I'm a comedy nerd too. So it's like I just couldn't be a kid watching this one. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. But well, and, I was a grumpy and, you know, old adult with my bag of candy. It doesn't <laughs> it doesn't present in the same way that a lot of kids cartoons do. Um, sure. And it kind of makes you want to turn on your adult brain because so much of it is not. Is not like we're watching. It directly tells you, episode. please be an ad- please be an adult. Uh, yeah, I'm basically. Gonna, I'm going to talk to you like an adult. Yeah. You, you all remember Paul Harvey, right? You remember F Troop? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, here you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, here's that, 16 that... minutes of mash jokes, I guess. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the, the King of the Hill gift that you gave to us, I'm, I'm very happy I've seen that. But I don't know that I'll it's ever a, watch that one again. It's a wild one. Like, if you were to sit down and watch, I mean, obviously, if you watched every King of the Hill episode, you would, you would watch that one. But let's say you kind of had limited to 100 picks uh, mm-hmm. and uh, you were trying to pick the ones that, uh, well, I loved it. It's so funny. It's so gross and weird. <laughs> and uh, If you're watching King of the Hill, like, I guess that's the thing about, like, binge culture. Is yes. like if you're sitting down to sit sit through a uh, whole season of TV in once, this is such a welcome little palate cleanser, even yeah. if it's dark and fucked up. Just to change mm-hmm. the tone for an episode is, is really matter. really nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so what I would say here's here's the the three the three spooks from the three episodes that we watched. So on, in one of them, it was the fear of a cloud that turns you into clown zombies. In another one, it's Candlejack the Boogeyman. And in a third one, it's an actual psychopath or insane person. Or mental disease to... or, uh, you yeah, know, who like knows exactly can... what that is. Uh, what do you guys what do you guys think is the worst? Probably the I last think one. The King of the Hill, especially, especially when it goes from two dimensional to three dimensional at that last moment, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like, this could have been a horror movie with a horror movie killer. And yeah. then it turns out he was uh, the victim of America's terrible mental health system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's also true. I just don't think I, it'd be, I, I think it'd be scary as shit to get turned into a clown. That's all I'm saying. I, I would, I'm most afraid of my favorite Disneyland ride getting shut down. <laughs> Taking the boats away. <laughs> But I'm sure the Imagineers at Disney will f- come up with something even better. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just so? not as reassuring. Um, but thanks for thanks for joining us on our on our Halloween Spookum. Uh, I'm I'm happy we got to do one of these because we skipped it last year, and I like spooky shit. I like uh, doing spooky I like episodes. I do specials. Stuff. You can do a special. Yeah, and just remember not to say uh, not to say Candlejack out loud. Oh, you've done it, and you, now we have to go. You said Candlejack, Andy. What do you mean? I just... Scream. Ah!